What happens when the somewhat stoppable force meets the immovable object? We're going to find out this weekend. Somehow, sometime, some game, some way, we've got to be the more physical team. And if it's not this weekend, we might find ourselves holding an L. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you very much for stopping by. You could be anywhere. So happy that you choose to be here. Of course, we're available on every single podcasting platform, visually as well on YouTube. You can find me personally on Twitter, at AllDayOState. This is a game that a lot of people have had circled. Right. If you're not really big into football and the transfers and all that fun jazz, I think naturally people would assume that Arizona State would be the biggest test thus far. That's not quite the case. This is the game that everybody's been talking about inside because South Alabama is dangerous. South Alabama has some of the most Division One transfers in all of football, right? Non non power five. But even when you talk about Power 5 teams, South Alabama has a significant number of D1 transfers and transfers that actually played. So how South Alabama obtained all this talent, who knows? But Mike Gundy said in a recent interview that, um, yeah, we could easily see ourselves behind the eight ball here because this is probably the most talented team we've played thus far. That is a fact. That is true. They found a way to get, quote-unquote, undersized dudes that are all, all over 300 pounds or right around the 300-pound area. And you know good and daggone well, it took Oklahoma State, what, 14, 15 years before we could really establish a foothold on some of the bigger guys. So, again, South Alabama is going to be a legitimate test. And, and here we are talking about, of course, the quarterback competition. But the question here is, do we take the easy road or the hard one? This is a team, South Alabama, who, mind you, they played a ranked, very, 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 very quality Tulane squad. And their coach said that they got punched in the mouth. They got put on their heels, and they didn't know what to do about it. And then it was a little bit too late by the time they were able to turn it on. That's, in my opinion, the, the route we should take here. But this team, they barely give up 100 yards rushing a game, right? Their front seven is Power 5, Pac-12, ACC level legit, 100%, right? But in their secondary... It looks like they just play ultra-aggressive, which seems to be a little bit of the issues, but they're giving almost 400 up a game through the air. So, again, the question is, the first half of both of our games, we didn't have a running game, basically whatsoever. South Alabama is a team that is designed to stop the run. So if they know that we're not running the ball super effectively and they know that our offensive line has some deficiencies clearly, then what do you think they're going to game plan for? If I was them, I would game plan on us passing the ball. I would plan on us continuing to run some iteration of the zone. The zone reads for the, the running game. To me, I'm a, it, it's not the most advantageous route unless you have guys that clearly can have the cutback visionary capabilities, which Jaden Nixon does have that. 
But sometimes you just want Jaden Nixon to put his foot in the ground and get uphill, which he did a much better job of this previous game. So have we said 100 times, if Oklahoma State is to make it to Arlington, we need to average over 4.5 yards of carry. Right now, Ollie Gordon's averaging 6.1 yards of carry. Jaden Nixon's averaged 5.4 yards of carry. Elijah Collins just shy of 4.5 at 4.44. That is a good recipe for success. And as Mike Gundy even alluded to, it's not always about the number of yards because this stupid clock crap, I, 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 I literally cannot get over it. There's a petition to get it removed. I've signed it. I implore you to sign it. If you can go find it, make sure you do that because these clock rules rules are going to affect outcomes of the game, mainly how many opportunities you get. So you have a, a lessened number of opportunities from every positional standpoint. And again, that's kind of why we're throwing the ball so much. So if you're South Alabama, I mean, what do you do? If you're Oklahoma State, do you decide that you're going to go right at the problem? Or are we going to try to put up $400 to the air and go around the problem? I think if you're dialed in and in tune, what is Gundy famous for saying? We will always take what the defense gives us. So that should likely be the route here. But that's also likely the route that Alabama is going to prepare for. They're going to prepare different types of zone defenses and ways schematically to confuse our quarterbacks on the differentiation between man and zone. The limited amount of time that a quarterback has to make that distinction as he's getting the ball, as his eyes are upfield, when your front seven is causing chaos, it can kind of muddy the waters. And guys, Alan Bowman, he's he's been limited as far as turnovers go, but you let them wide open for an entire game with a defense that's game planning to stop that specific thing. If I'm Gundy, if I'm done, as a matter of fact, if I'm just Gundy, if I'm done, Dunn needs to go sit in a quarter with a dunce cap on. And he needs to be told what he's going to do this game. None of this, you come up with your own offense crap because it doesn't work. It hasn't worked. It ain't working. Even if you got to feed him, be like, hey, remember the film that we reviewed from the 2003 offense, just run that. Remember the film that we looked at from the 2010 offense? How about you run some semblance of the running game of, of, of those combined type of years? That was the discussion in the offseason. Simplification of the running game, which we have not seen. Simplification of the offense, which we have not seen. Like The things that we've been working on are the things that we're not seeing live, which has to be by design. If it's if it's not by design and Dunn's just willy-nilly coming up with this crap, then why doesn't our, our head coach just be the OC? He's done it before. I'm not saying I want that. I would prefer the top-down CEO role. I would prefer him having time to assess every position or at least a multitude of positions. I prefer him having the ability to talk to different position groups and get to know them on a personal basis as opposed to him being the guy that, that calls the place. But if it ain't working, it ain't working. It ain't been working. Like I, I don't I don't understand how we expect Casey Dunn to wake up tomorrow, reinvent the wheel, and say, oh, my gosh, I done figured it out. I can call plays today. Guys, it just, it, it, it's, it's maddening to think about. But then again, what would you do? Would you take the easy route and game plan to, to throw the ball all over the yard? Or... Would you say, you know what, we're going to meet force with force, right? 
Leonidas, Spartans, 300 style, and we're just going to go to war. We haven't seen that yet. This is two games in a row where we got beat up. We got physically outmanned, outhustled, outmatched against two teams that that shouldn't happen. And no disrespect to Arizona State. Yes, we know they have some dudes, primarily at the skill positions. So underneath, down low, the hog mollies, that should have been um, a little bit more of a leverage point for us, and it was not. It hasn't been yet. We have not started a game more physical than anybody thus far. Is this the game that we do that? I, I think it better be. Sure, we could get cutesy-tootsy and we could pass around them. We could do that. I mean, it's kind of what Tulane did, but Tulane established from the very get-go that we're going to knock you out every position, every play, and then we're going to wear you down, and then we're going to start throwing on you so much that you have no choice but to fold. That's what happened. If we follow the Tulane game plan, well, probably a pretty good recipe for success. Be the more physical team for once. Show us what, we, what we've seen in the offseason. Show the world what we've seen in the offseason. And again, the physicality has nothing to do necessarily with tackling. Our tackling is horrendous. It's it's just going to be as we go throughout the season because Gundy doesn't believe in like full on tackling to the ground all day every day. It's just I don't know. Part part of his growth process is prevention of injury, and I get it to some degree, but it also becomes you know a litmus test of your capabilities or lack thereof. And clearly, the test is that we can't tackle. Nardo can design good defenses. He can put guys in a position to make plays, but right now we're not making the plays. Kendall Daniels is our leading tackler. I think we all kind of expected that, but we also knew it was going to be more beneficial for Oklahoma State that if your leading tackler is one of the guys up front, leaving Kendall Daniels on the back to make some plays. Lurk Rawls had a great game. Nick Martin is our second leading tackler. But where is Xavier Benson? I love you, my guy, but where are you? We need more. This game's going to be a test, all right? And we can talk about quarterback all day. So let's go ahead and, and, and jump into some of the quarterback conversation uh, here in a minute. But, yeah, obviously, I definitely want y'all's opinion. What do you think that we're going to do? Are we going to go around the mountain in this particular game? Or do you think that this is a moment where Mike Gundy, Casey Dunn, Brian Nardo, whoever, tells the team it's time to strap on the bootstraps, buckle up, buttercup. We're going to take this team for a physical ride. I think that's what everybody would prefer. We could get all cutesy-tootsy offensively again, but it's not working. It hasn't been working, so why do it? When we go to an inside, even the inside zone, I'll take it. It's not exactly a power running game. It's not like, call, it's not like calling a 22 or 23 style of power play, okay? But it's better than the zone blocking crap that Dominic Richardson couldn't do and Ollie Gordon's not designed to do. I mean, the only running back that this system is designed for specifically to be beneficial is somebody like a Jaden Nixon. So, again, is this the, the, the game that we finally see some of the stuff that we've been seeing, or do we continue to keep the base power stuff under wraps? Obviously, I, 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 want, I want y'all's opinion here. But I also got to jump in real quick and remind the, the fine people out here today that you don't have to stress anymore when it comes to purchasing tickets. When it comes to last-minute tickets, game time is the place to be. They're going to get you hooked up, squared away, the best, 
more often than not. And we all know planning for trips and stuff, it can be a little bit of a hassle, right? It can be a stressful process. No need. It's fast. It's easy. You can buy the tickets for all sports, music, comedy, theater, all that fun jazz. They've got flash deals, easy to buy, easy to find tickets, and you actually get to see images of the tickets before you buy them. Lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Right? Not just 100%, 110%. Buy tickets, matter of seconds. Two taps. Bada boom, bada bing, bada bang. You are done. You are good to go and you're ready to go into the stadium. Download the game, tap, game time app today. Create an account and use a code locked on college, all one word, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms obviously apply, but again, create that account, redeem that code locked on college, all one word, for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So the quarterback battle continues. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we could potentially be talking about, but that's okay. We got a whole week. We are going to talk about the quarterbacks because it's the hot commodity. It's the thing that everybody's talking about on a daily basis. We're going to add a little bit of a recruiting spin into it as well, which will kind of segue as well into Section 3. But when it comes to a quarterback situation, right, Mike Gundy said it recently, and he said it right. All three quarterbacks in two games, when you combine them, they're operating at about an 89% efficiency and productivity ratio like statistically speaking it doesn't get a whole heck of a lot better than that if you had one quarterback that was producing those type of numbers uh then statistically that's a guy that should have at least a conversation in regards to being on the heisman list and you don't have to throw up Shador sanders numbers to be one of one of the main guys but we're not Talking about one quarterback, talking about three. Okay. And you you guys obviously know my opinion on it, but there's no real big degree of separation right now. Throwing the ball, Alan Bowman does look good. Running the ball in the offense, Gunnar Gundy looks really good. When Garrett Rangel's got a little bit of a, a rhythm going. And the offense is a little bit more spread evenly. He looks pretty good. Guys, all three of these quarterbacks can win us seven games. I know I, I keep saying that, but that's bare minimum. We should all be somewhat happy with the problem that we're having because we're still beating teams, rotating hundreds of dudes, basically. Right? When you're rotating this number of guys and it's a power five team, Okay, that could be a recipe for or disaster. Sorry, recipe for success would obviously, you know, maybe entail something a little bit different. But that's the question: What do you do? Right. Well, I think for for most of us, we want to see the run game get a little bit more established. We want to see the development of the run game. And as far as like, if people want to give Garrett Rangel a hard time over clock management, he wasn't the only quarterback. That had clock management issues in this game. He just happened to be the one that was in the game when it affected us most. Multiple quarterbacks missed the ref um, giving the rundown on, on time signals. So that that thing that people keep talking about, Garrett Rangel can't even operate. Like that's ridiculous. If you're going to call a spade a spade, you got to say that the other quarterbacks dealt with the same problem. The only difference is 
it didn't end up being a big deal, right? So, yeah, all the quarterbacks have, have things that are they're doing great. Some They all have things that they could potentially work on. But holistically, statistically, it's a pretty good product. Question is, can we take all of this holistic approach and combine it into one? I think so, simply because we're still running this cutie-tootie crap. My guess would be that we're still doing this, even though this is not necessarily what we prepared for, because of the lack of ability for game planning. Like, in a perfect world, we find a way to be undefeated with the bye week going to into the Kansas State game as they come to Stillwater. That would be ideal, but that's also very risky. Dare I say, potentially super sketchy because you are playing with fire. You, you're 100% playing with fire. If you get yourself in a position where you're down by too much to recover from, it doesn't matter what quarterback is in the game, consistency and continuity. The only continuity we're looking for right now is on the offensive line. All right? That's been pretty clear. We would like to see, you know, degrees of separation at other positions, but if they're not there, I appreciate the Gundy's not forcing the issue here. You know what I mean? Like, what would the offense look like if Alan Bowman and Garrett Rangel got the same play calls as Gunnar Gundy? We don't know. We, we, we don't know because we haven't exactly seen a lot of that. Clearly, the offense runs more efficiently when we go a little bit more simple, a little bit more old school with Gunnar Gundy at the helm. Do we have the ability to throw it all over the yard? I don't know yet. Like, we're trying. It looks like we're trying to continue to showcase that Oklahoma State is a throwing team that puts wide receivers in the league. It looks like that's what we're trying to showcase. Is this all designed to get us through Iowa State to K-State with K-State not having enough to prepare for? Again, is this part of the super sketchy savant level of chess that, that my gunny's playing? Last year, different story. Last year, the game against Kansas State was was for a lot of marbles, of course, but there wasn't a lot of secrets about Oklahoma State coming into that game. Everybody kind of knew what we were, who we were, and what we were going to shoot ourselves in the foot with. People don't know right now. Now, people can probably make a pretty educated guess that we don't have the greatest offensive coordinator in the world. You could also take a stab in the dark that we've got some dudes on defense, but we haven't really seen what the defense can do quite yet. You're playing with fire. But at the end of the year, if you're talking about 11-1, 10-2, chance at, at a conference title, Oklahoma State team, then we're all going to look back on this and say, Dag, Nabbit, Mike Gundy was a genius this go-around. He had us all fooled. We didn't know what we were doing at quarterback. We didn't know what we were doing at running back. We don't know what we are doing at linebacker. We don't know what we are doing at cornerback. Is this all a, a big illusion in preparation for Kansas State? I hope so. I think we could all pray for that. Are we looking at it from a recruiting perspective? Right? Could we be trying to put up some numbers offensively through the air to continue to try to elicit some of the same quarterback recruits? Because Garen Gell was one of our biggest quarterback recruits ever, as was Zane Flores. So this is, we got a little run here on top-rated quarterbacks in Oklahoma State history. 
Milwaukee Smith should be the next guy in line. He should be. You know, it seems to be us and BYU still. BYU's Keaton Slovis is his last year, so next year they're going to have an open competition. Their open competition, I think, is a little bit more than even ours because we know we're getting Gunner Gunning back. Um, you know, Gary Rangel, him and his family, they're, they're cowboys. Like, they love everything about being a cowboy. So I expect Garrett Rangel to be back again next year. I expect Garrett Rangel to maybe be the guy, but who knows? Is Gunnar Gunny going to take off with it and run with it? I would hope that that this game, or any game really, if there's a game that our quarterback, a quarterback is clearly taking control and leading the team down the field, just leave it be. Just leave it there. And I don't care who it is. Guys, I don't care if Peyton Thompson comes off the sidelines as quarterback number five and leads us to W. I don't care. But you can't establish consistency or really get a good grade on who's going to be the most reliable doing what we're doing. But on the flip side, Every defense is going to have to spend extra hours in the film room preparing for three quarterbacks, three running backs, five wide receivers, five corners, four linebackers. It just, it's ugly. It's not very fun. But is it potentially a genius move? Malachi Smith would be a home run. And like I said, I've already heard some things about him and his commitment process, but he is still taking officials, and he hasn't made anything official. So therefore, it's it's still up in the air. It is still up in the air what he's going to end up doing, where he's going to go. You know, I, I definitely thought that we would have already got his commitment by now, but in, and because we haven't, it does give me a little bit of cause for concern. It it absolutely does. I'd be lying to you if I said otherwise. But Malachi Smith, you know, got his team. Juniper Sierra, undefeated. They just had another W. And guys, he, he threw another couple touchdowns. I'm very excited to see what Malachi Smith could be in a cowboy jersey. But if we can't get Malachi Smith, don't stress, guys. I think I think we've got some intrigue popping up in the background. Before we get to, you know, we'll just do a breakdown on the recruiting stuff real quick. Um, Luke Webb, defensive line commit. He just keeps getting better and better and better. As I, we talk about the light coming on. But this kid looks better every time you look at the highlights or the film. Like legitimately speaking. You see the progression. And typically, you don't see that instantaneous progression very often. But you're seeing this from somebody like Webb, who is under-recruited, undervalued. That's exactly how we need this thing to shake out because he keeps getting better and better. He's going to keep getting more and more offers, more and more looks. So, I mean, take it for what you will. Um, I'm not super worried about Gunnar Wilson, even though he's helping Melissa also be undefeated. He's a through-and-through cowboy family as well. But uh, they only allowed 
Rose Royce City, 45 yards of offense. Not rushing, not passing, combined. And then you had our our main man, Armstrong Notum. They took the loss, all right, to our Rashawn Woods, Tyler Lyons. You know what? We should probably have Rashawn back on the show here before too long. But, uh, yeah, anybody who, Armstrong Notum had a very good game. He's got 24 tackles, 14 and a half tackles for loss in three games. And he's already got eight sacks. Like, Armstrong Notum is a problem, an absolute problem. Keller got another W. Trey Griffiths caught another pair of, of touchdowns, even though he was in bracket coverage all night. Guys, that's impressive. When you can go up knowing you're going to be in bracket double coverage, sometimes triple coverage, depending on the route concept, and you're still high-pointing the ball over everybody, they call it head-topping nowadays. If you're, if you're doing that and that type of coverage, you're ready for Division I football. Trey Griffiths is ready to come to Oklahoma State. The high point stuff, man, you cannot get enough of it. Oklahoma State has always been that nine-route, fade, toss-up style of team. We just have. So when we've got guys like Des Bryant and Justin Blackman and Tylen Wallace that can go do that, I mean, you can even throw in Tay Martin. I think Jaden Bray can still be that guy. But clearly, Dijon Stribling is the best weapon we have. The most reliable guy is Bryn Presley. I think that that's something that he established very early on in the summer. But guys, some of the recruits that we have, they're going to continue to rise. Like Jonathan Agumidu, he was a massive get, massive get. And they just beat Flower Mound, which is where our buddy Marcus Smart went. They're also unbeaten. And then you see in the uh, the, the bullet point ticker thingy, Mahabi, okay, the Dale City Eagles, or should they be called Cowboys? I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is you got to make the money, honey. As I told you guys this weekend, I had a blast betting 10 cents, 25 cents, 35 cents, 50 cents, $1, winning six bucks, eight bucks, 10 bucks, 11 bucks. I never bet more than $1, not one time. And again, I brought I brought home 53 bucks. If you want your wallet game to expand like this, and again, have this amount of fun, bet the minimums. Let the odds get crazy. If your favorite team gets down by 10 in the first quarter, bet on them. Bet on them right then and there. If you have faith that they're going to come back and win the game, make that bet. Matter of fact, if Oklahoma State gets down 14 nothing. That's when I'm making my bets, baby. If we have a big lead, then it's hard for me to, to capitalize on the monetary capabilities. But you don't need to worry about that. What you need to worry about is getting your money game right, and it can definitely help you do that. If you want to get your money game right, you want to get this NFL season kicked off the right way for you, get FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. New customers, you bet $5. And you get $200 back in bonus bets, guaranteed. All customers who bet the 5 bucks will then get $100 off of NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube or YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, super easy, easy to use. You can bet on everything from money lines to point spreads to player props and futures, Heismans, and conference championships, all that fun jazz. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. 
to kick the season off right in the banking department for you. This NFL season, we've got the offer that you won't want to miss. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Use FanDuel. It's the official partner of the NFL. All right, segment three. You see it there. We got to talk about the Dale City Eagles. Guys, I would be happy. And I think a large portion of you guys would all be happy if we did nothing more than to just get all of the Dell City players <laughs> that 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 have some of these uh, these capabilities. Guys, we know that Rodney Fields is just killing it right now. Right, the dude's almost got 600 yards of rushing, just rushing, in just three games. But their quarterback, River Warren, if something goes south with Milwaukee Smith, give me River Warren all day, every day. Sign me up. And we've talked about wide receiver Ladanian Fields. We've talked about linebacker Ricklin Holmes. Sound pretty familiar there? Probably should because that's another legacy. You got Aaron Carter. That entire team has been playing damn near flawless football. And most recently, they dominated Midwest City 53-14. to The very first play of the game, Oklahoma State commit, Rodney Fields, the 5'10", 185-pound running back, took it through the gut, 72-yard home run. He would score another touchdown on top of his 218 yards on the day, averaging 15.6 yards a carry. And, guys, Robert Jones is the Dell City head coach. So the legacy on legacy on legacy on legacy stuff that we have cooking here is big. We have a pipeline right now with Edmund Santa Fe. We can develop a pipeline, Dell City. We should. Because Dell City is continuing to crank out these dudes. And we want to continue to have the upper hand to some degree in some of this, this Big 12 recruiting in our own backyard, then if we can turn all of these dudes into Cowboys, that would be massive. That would be absolutely massive. We could just recruit Dell City for the 2024 class and be pretty comfortable. So, do I want Milwaukee Smith? Yes. But will I take River Warren? A hundred percent. I'll take River Warren even with Milwaukee Smith. But, you know, who knows? All right, before we let y'all skedaddle on out of here, let's jump into our Big 12 power rankings. Texas beat Bama. Does that mean Texas is back? No. One of the reasons I made money this weekend was betting on Texas because if you watch the Alabama spring game, I knew after watching the Alabama spring game that they were going to have problems with quarterback, right? I've said it on the show. I've said it on other people's shows. I even said it in writing. Texas would win because Alabama doesn't have a quarterback situation figured out. This is the worst situation they've been in since that Coker, Corker kid in 2015. So, is Texas back? No. They're better? Yes. Are they good enough to play for a Big 12 title? Probably. But they have done nothing to surpass Kansas State. They beat Alabama because Alabama's name is Alabama, and they want to jump through the roofs. Alabama is Alabama. I get it. I'm with it. I'm tracking but Alabama also hasn't had these issues developing a quarterback for quite some time, right? So this is somewhat new territory for them. That's why I have Texas at number two behind K-State. Why would I 
put Texas above K-State just because they won a game that I expected them to win. Right? I mean, come on. We expect Kansas State to win, and guess what? They did. Is Troy Alabama? No, but they beat the tar out of them, guys. And Kansas State already has 20 tackles for loss in two games. And their offense has put up almost 100 points, like 87 points, 88 points, something like that, in two games. So your old school K-State offense, it's still there, but now they have the ability to do a little bit more without Deuce Vaughn. Like, I, I, Deuce Vaughn's a big deal, but come on now. All right, number three. Um, uh, I went back and forth here. I gave it to OU. I did give it to OU. Um, so, yeah, okay. I'll stick with OU. SMU's a pretty good squad. So, I mean, I, I get that it was kind of close. They hit a little bit of a wall offensively, which is not a great sign. But, you know, it, it's a better win than beating Arkansas State. And you're undefeated. So, congratulations. Number three, OU. Number four, guys, I'll go with Kansas. I'm okay with going Kansas here. Um, I, I like their win. Their offensive innovation is is going to keep them in a lot of games. Their offensive innovation with the skills they have around it, talent wise, they're going to win some games. So we'll go with the uh, yeah. We'll we'll go for the KU Jayhawks number five. Give me the Cincinnati Bearcats. Give me the Cincinnati Bearcats primarily because I underestimated them, and a win over Pitt is a massive win. Point blank. Period. Guys, the 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 over under at Cincinnati being at like five and a half or six, we we might need to readjust that because Pittsburgh is a good team. That's an impressive win, and we knew the offense was going to be probably pretty daggone good after Week One. Obviously, some questions on defense, but they held Pitt to only two hundred sixty two yards total. Total like that. That's <laughs> that's impressive. Right under Cincy, and the reason I, I I'm going to put UCF below Cincy other than the win against Pitt, of course, is that UCF lost John Rice Plumley. John Rice Plumley is out. They're only saying for a few weeks. Um, but, I mean, it, it's going to be a good test of them. They've got some difficult games coming up. And, you know, you, you don't really know what, what they bring to the table. Now, their backup quarterback is pretty good. Uh, he's It's the same kid that started – like nine games last year for University of South Florida. And then he left South Florida as a freshman because he knew Jerry Bohannon was going to come back healthy and take the job. But in the nine games he played, he almost threw for 2,000 yards. He almost rushed for like 300-something yards. So, I mean, their backup's pretty good, but he's not John Rice Plumley, so they'll take a little bit of a dip here. Number seven, it's got to be our Cowboys. For more reasons than just the ugly factor, I think primarily because I know – that we're just we're still being very reserved offensively with what we can do. We see we've seen glimpses of it when Gunner's in the game. So hopefully we get to see a little bit more of that. Uh, and then you got BYU. They're undefeated. They're not you know setting the world on fire per se, but we're going to find out really quick because they got to go to Arky. I have them winning that game. I think Arkansas is a little bit down as opposed to the last two years of Arkansas. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a good test. Then we'll go. All right, this is when wading through the waters gets kind of thick. <sighs> you know what? Give me. Yeah, give me TCU. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll take TCU next. I'm fine with that. 
followed by Texas Tech because Tech should have won the game. Guys, I, I, I like Tyler Shuck's ability to throw the ball, but I've been saying this since last season. I don't think Taylor, Tyler Shuck is the best quarterback on Texas Tech's roster. This might be a good time for Jerry Maguire to go ahead and move to um, uh, Baron Morton. Not Jerry Maguire, Joey. <laughs> uh, and then we'll take, give me West Virginia. Below West Virginia, give me, uh, we'll take Iowa State. All right, I'm cool with that. Below Iowa State, I'll take Baylor because you held it close. Okay, you could have won the game. I still, your uniforms are trash. Your fan support's trash. Other than your pretty uniform, everything's just gross. So you suck. Um, ooh, here's the deal. Houston's going to be last for me. Right? Because you lost Rice. Like, well, we can all take a moment to have a nice little fun laugh at that. I know Rice has JT Daniels. I know Rice is not as bad as as, as usual. I get it. Okay, cool. But you still lost to Rice. Get out of here. You, you can get out of here too, I guess. I guess, I guess you can get out of here as well. That's all we're going to have for this one. You know I love you. As always, God bless. Go Pokes. And thank you for tuning in to Locked On Oklahoma State to make this your first listen. You could be anywhere. I love that you're here. All righty. Later,